You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. Well, if you thought that you were going to listen to another boring podcast, you're on the wrong one because I have Adam Gray with me and he is the co-founder of DLA Ignite and two things. Number one, we're great friends and colleagues. Number two, he has a great accent. So this is going to be amazing. Hi, Adam. Hi, Priscilla. A great accent. No one's ever said that before. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I haven't got an accent really, have I? Because I'm British. Right. Oh, are you now? Are we going to go back down to original English? Is that what we're? That what we're... <laughs> no, we're not. No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, I love having uh, my colleagues from DLA Ignite on the show. Just for full disclosure, I have wonderful colleagues around the globe, and we all teach the same social influence modules. And we really, without even thinking about really teaching people or doing modules or horrible words like that, we really just help people come alive online and really tap into the authenticity of who they are and start connecting with people. Is that a better way to describe it, Adam? That's beautiful. I'm glad you're recording this because I'll start using that myself. (laughs) (laughs) My gift to you. It is lovely because I think that the the really important thing here is that that, um, this is a shift in mindset and behavior. It's not just about transferring knowledge. And the problem with the concept of teaching in quotes, is that that you assume that you sit there and you're passive in the relationship and and I broadcast information and you absorb that information and then you know it and then that's the end of the process. And what we know is that that's the beginning of the process. You know, you, you, you need to have that information and that knowledge and then you need to implement it. And I think for many people, that's a real culture shock, isn't it? Oh, there's so many levels of shock. First of all, it can't be broadcast. I mean, you, you, you never absorb it the same way you have to do hands-on. And I even love like on the off weeks, we, we do these one-on-ones with everybody in our consortium and they have to do it. They have to get the muscle memory. They have to be the person clicking. They have to be the person asking the questions or phrasing, you know, the next uh, invitation or something like that. But even before we get started there, let's back up just a little bit. And why don't you tell everybody how we met? Because I think it's actually seminal to our understanding and our way of behaving online. Well, yeah. So uh, as I remember, you you came over to the UK and uh, you had said to your network, who should I speak to 
in the UK. I'm not going to pitch to them. I'll just, who are your best contacts? Interesting people. And they introduced you to Tim and I'm Tim's business partner. And he brought me along as well, seeing as it was at the Savoy and you were paying. I figured, why not? Um, (laughs) How good of you? How good of you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, but but I think what is really interesting is that it's such a good metaphor for social because uh, we'd never met. We were obviously entirely on the same page. Uh, We were with you for, I don't know, three, four hours, and we spent most of the time laughing, and we felt like we'd always known each other. And I I think that that that, the intimacy of the personal relationship and the meeting and the being on the same page and the sharing the same mindset and the belief system and all of that stuff that makes you think to somebody, okay, you're kind of like my business soulmate sort of thing, Um, that that transfers so well into the digital space. Mm. And I think that the the mistake that so many people make is that they forget that this is about people, you know, digital in all of its forms is about um, applying leverage and gearing to the idea of being personal. And I think that, that so often people look at that process and they see it as an easy route and it is it's never an easy route building relationships and and maintaining Mm. relationships is never easy and it's like when people do journey mapping and again i'm doing the quote things with my fingers Uh, what they say is we're trying to we're trying to plan the journey that a customer takes when they buy something from us and instantly they put themselves in the so here's what i want to say at each point on the journey rather than here's what the customer wants at each point on the journey Mm. And I think that that our relationship, you know, the three of us sat at the table, we had lunch and, and, and we just sat there chatting and it was clear that we had an absolutely aligned view of the world and what the challenges were facing businesses at the moment. And, 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 and that's what makes a great relationship in the digital and the, the, the real space, isn't it? Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And let's talk a little bit about the world that you came from because you and Timothy Hughes, the two of you uh, co-founded DLA Ignite, but you came from um, Oracle um, and really that high end corporate world (laughs) and what a lot of people would see as incredibly polished and incredibly um, probably siloed, I think would be the other word I would use. So when you really started understanding what digital transformation could mean for you as a professional and how it related to social, what was going through your head? What was the, what was the, the, the sound of the conversation you and Tim were having? Well, we'd come from very different areas, actually. So Tim had, Tim had always worked for big organizations. So he'd worked for Oracle for a number of years. Before that, he'd worked for Deloitte, I think, or Capgemini. And, uh, and it had always been in that large tech industry space. And I'd always come from the small business space. <clears throat> so I'd got into marketing, as many do, and I've kind of fallen into to marketing early on in my, my career. And I, I had my own agency. And uh, there were many reasons why I wasn't suited to that, uh, primarily because I hate people. So managing <laughs> people and being managing director wasn't a you know what adam people always say oh priscilla you're such a people person i'm like no i'm a my people person (laughs) exactly exactly and and the the problem for me with running a business was that i i was not equipped to deal with people that were not the my people kind of people Mm -hmm. Uh, so i i i got rid of that business and i i had already seen the growth of social and the importance of social 
And I figured that the, the way for me to monetize that was not to build a business that I could sell, but for me to become famous and then use that fame to charge exorbitant rates for me speaking at events, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I, I, I started to work on my personal brand and develop that in the social space. And then I was approached by Pearson, who were the biggest, or still are the biggest publisher in the world, to write their first internationally published book on social media because they said, we've looked around and everything points to you. You know, will you write this book for us? So I wrote the book for them. And then Oracle went through the same process and they found me and said, would you come and, and head up this part of the business? And I arrived into Oracle and, and found it simultaneously very, uh, very rewarding and very frustrating. You know, I thought that I'm moving from the small business space to the large business space. I'd be surrounded by brilliant people and it'll be fantastic. And I wasn't. I was surrounded by exactly the same people that I was surrounded by before. That's not criticism of them. It's just an observation. And, and I realized that I had got into that position through developing my personal brand. <clears throat> Simultaneously, Tim was within the business and he was working on social selling as a, as a concept. And he, he had kind of developed that concept and he'd sold it to the team at Oracle and said, this is what we need to do. So he led a rollout of social selling in Oracle and ran up against exactly the same problems in terms of changing the behavior of those people that I had run into changing the behaviors of the corporates that I was working with for Oracle's social media tool. And then we kind of had met each other when I had first started there and we kept bumping into each other and having coffees. And then eventually we said, look, I'm finding this really difficult because I don't like the fact that I'm delivering these ideas to people. And, uh, and then at the point that these people, the clients need to, to implement these, I'm leaving because that's not my job anymore. And Tim was going, oh, my God, I'm having real problems with this because I'm doing this and I'm not able to get the closure on these things and actually get the success out of these because it's not how this organisation works. So we both left and started DLA Ignite. And we thought what we want to do is we want to we want to give the people that we work with the same opportunity that social has given us develop a compelling brand tell your story make yourself look as attractive as you can recognize that the best thing you have to offer is who you are and lead with that it's a, such a cliche to say people by people but people by people you know nobody wants to have a conversation with a highly motivated self-starting overachieving because actually everybody's <laughs> the same thing it's just words yeah so actually what you do want to have a a, a uh, uh, a conversation with it is is a, a, a truth teller powered by her husband's homemade bread because you mm. go that sounds really... like somebody I know <laughs> exactly yeah but, but 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 that's really interesting so yeah. you know I, I look at that and I go here's a woman and and although it's only a, a a little vignette of of who you are in your life it tells me a lot more about who you are than the words and I feel that I know you a little bit and then I read your about section and I think I've, I really know this woman now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to like you. I do, obviously, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to like you. It polarizes opinion. But the reality is, if I read that and I think I don't like this woman, well, that's great because it means that I don't have to, to get in the car and drive for two hours to come and have a meeting with you for us to decide we're not a good fit for working together. Oh my gosh, you just dropped a gem. That is such a core of how much time is wasted 
you know, with with building rapport, when we don't think about this uh, personal brand in light of digital transformation and the, the tools that are out there for us. Yeah, and, and I think that the, that the whole digital transformation um, thing, I think people have it positioned in the wrong, the wrong part of their mind. You know, digital transformation for many people is about buying an app. And actually digital transformation is about changing your mindset. It's about, it's about taking those things that make you human, the very best of you, and using digital channels to take those to, to market. So us having a Zoom call is part of digital transformation. Us engaging on social is part of digital transformation. Us using email is part of digital transformation. And the strategy needs the, for every organization needs to recognize which bits of this can be digitized to provide better scale and efficiency. Okay, and let's take it one step further, though. You're right. It's for better scale and more efficiency. And these are the opportunities that are out there for organizations. You rattled off a few social email, you know, on Zoom, all these other kinds of things. But you and I both know that using these tools in themselves, it it, it does not create this digital transformation. So say more about what you and I see as this mindset shift that could really help people. Because I'd really like to say, take DLA, take Little Bird Marketing, take both of us off the table. How can we deliver something right now that is really of value to people who are struggling with the idea of personal brand and how this relates to digital transformation? What's the difference between the mindset and the tools? Okay, so... Um, I, I think that the first thing to acknowledge is that there's no such thing as a free lunch. You know, so people are thinking they're going to buy a tool and it's going to do this for them. And it isn't. They have to do it themselves. Now, uh, in an ideal world, the best way to, to form a business relationship with somebody is through the kind of BNI face to face networking type groups. And for many years, that was the staple of how businesses found new clients, new suppliers, built relationships, built their personal brand. But there are so many fundamental drawbacks to that. Uh, Key in those is how many breakfasts can you actually eat during the week? You know, how many people can you get close to through that mechanism? You've got 20 people in your group. That means you meet 20 people every single week and you get to know all 20 of those people, many of whom will be prepared to introduce you to their clients. That's fantastic. But now 20 is not enough. And it's not enough because if I'm looking for a new accountant, I can go online and I can find a thousand accountants. It's not like I'm looking, I can't find an accountant. Can you help me? I know all the accountants. So this uh, taking the essence of that face-to-face networking, the building relationships, the not telling people you're good, but showing people you're good. So here's my top 10 tips that you need to do this week. Gives people some insight into how you can help them get better at what it is they need to do. That's helpful because you try some of those tips and you think, oh, yeah, that really helped me. If I say to you, you should buy from me because I'm really good. Well, let's be honest. Nobody says you should buy from me because actually I'm about fifth best and, and I'm a little bit expensive and I don't really show up on time a lot. of the time. That's not a compelling argument. So when I say stuff, it doesn't, it's just words. It doesn't mean anything. So providing scale. So, so where once upon a time you would meet your 20 people, you'd meet them every single week and you'd be reasonably front of mind. Now you can do it with 2000 people and you can meet them every day and you can always be front of mind and not selling 
because we all know that if I pitch to you once and you don't buy, and then I pitch to you a second time and you don't buy, you're not going to let me pitch a third time. So I can't keep pitching. What I have to do is uh, speak to you, share things with you that you find entertaining, educational, insightful, poignant, sad, happy, whatever it is, things that, that you can engage with at a human level. Because what I want is for you to consume my content and for you to say, that was five minutes well spent. I'll consume that next time they publish something. So next time I publish something, you consume it again. You go, oh, this becomes a regular thing. So sometimes it's, it's here's a picture of me on the beach with the kids. Sometimes it's a picture of it's the anniversary of my father's death. Sometimes it's here's a helpful hint. But it's all of me that I'm bringing to, to this platform in the same way it would be if we went out for dinner or we're having a breakfast networking group. It's about all of me going to it. So you get to see all of those elements of me. And I think that often people think, particularly on LinkedIn, it's about business. So I will only talk about business. But, but the reality of it is, if you had the option to take your best prospect out for dinner, would you take that? And everyone says, of course. Why? Well, because I get to know them and build a relationship. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> now we're starting to talk. Exactly. Now you get it. <laughs> right. Well, and the other thing is you said, would you take a, a client out to dinner? Well, yes, we would. Would we take a prospect out to dinner? Well, yes, absolutely we would. Would we walk into a hotel room that had three people in it who, you know, to talk to? Yeah, I would. What if we walked into a, you know, a virtual venue with 250 million potential contacts and we could still operate in a way where we could be uh, in alignment with who we are and, and, and what we have to offer, but be able to do that at a much bigger scale? Why, would, why do people all of a sudden have this disconnect and now all of a sudden want to say no to that? <laughs> I don't know what happens. Yeah, and, and, and it's the coming through that that block and, and, and I think that the, the overcoming that block is a big issue <clears throat> I was talking to a, a client today somebody that I'm, I'm mentoring and uh, we got on our call and they said I, I don't know what the problem is but I'm really struggling with with writing a compelling story on the profile and they said you know you're ending up being like my therapist here and I said yeah you know it's hard for everyone and it's hard for everyone because uh, a you've spent your entire working life writing about what you've done rather than who you are. So that's a big change. Uh, B, when you write about who you are, you think it carries an inherent risk. If I tell you that the, the best colour in the world is blue and you say, no, blue's a horrible colour, best colour's green, uh, that doesn't upset me. If I tell you, here's who I am, and you say, I don't like that, that does upset me. And I think thirdly, uh, or C, uh, people... Uh, don't fundamentally believe that they are something of value. And, and this whole idea, you know, Tim often says, we change lives. We do. You know, what we do is we give people the confidence to be themselves on these environments. And that's so important because, you know, on LinkedIn, there's 750 million people. On Facebook, there's nearly 3 billion people. You know, the only USP you have is who you are. Mm -hmm. If you talk about, I've been doing this for 20 years, therefore I'm an expert. Well, I've been doing it for 25. Therefore, I must be better than you. <laughs> well, you know, I got a 20% uplift in sales. Well, I got a 30%. You know, whatever you say, right. there'll be somebody that's done it better. Yeah. So, so the only USP you've got is who you are. Because, you know, we've all got people that love us. Right. 
you know, right. our, our, our life partners, our, our families, our children, our parents, our college yeah. friends, all of those people, they love us. And just because so, your parents didn't read your book and mine don't listen to my podcast doesn't mean that they don't love us, you know, as much. But that's but their please, role. Don't, don't open old wounds. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> but, you know, I have a good friend, um, Dinah Bowen, over at Escalant, and I she's in the habit of saying, you know, how you do uh, how you do something is how you do everything. And I thought that is so interesting because I feel like when I show people, um, you know, online on LinkedIn, my profile, and I put myself out there and I really am about this is how I do things. I can't, I can't help myself. If you lock me in a room with someone, this is how I'm going to go about the conversations. This is how I'm going to think through getting out of the room. This is how I'm going to think through. Maybe I want to stay here in this room. This is cool. You know, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's really revealing a lot more core about who I am. And from that, you can analyze, hmm, is that perspective? Is that approach? Is that um, putting together of, you know, what seemed like very incongruous dots? Is that something I need right now? Maybe that's a voice I need. Maybe that's a skill I need, you know? And so sometimes it's not about just who is the best at something, you know, in terms of marketing or a writer or this kind of, there's a qualitative piece of it that is so much harder to convey unless you really tell people how you think, how you operate, what motivates you. Absolutely. You know, this is, this is not just identifying who's the best lawyer. This is identifying which lawyer you want to be locked in a room with for 24 hours whilst you're thrashing out the, the final elements of the contract. So, you know, this isn't just about the deliverable because I think that, you know, one of the mistakes that I made in business when I was younger was I thought if I was better at something that would make me successful because I thought that little veneer of brilliance that I had over and above everybody else was the differentiator. And it isn't. It isn't because the people that you're selling to, by nature of the fact that they're buying your product, they don't understand this stuff as well as you do. So this is like, you know, you're in a, a running race. And you've got Usain Bolt on one side and Linford Christie or Carl Lewis on the other side and the gun goes bang and you start running. Who wins? Well, you don't know. You've got the back of these two people way, way in the distance and you can't see who wins. So the fact that I'm a little bit worse than you at this, nobody can see that. They're not qualified to make that decision. What they are qualified to do is make a decision on whether or not they like you. Right. You know, it's so funny. It's so funny, Adam. I just stood on a stage in Chicago, just just two weeks ago. And I literally said, and I've never said this before in my entire professional career, but it came out of my mouth. It was just, you know, it just was, it was right in the moment. And I said, you know, I'm not the best marketer, but I'm way more visible than almost everybody else in my field. (laughs) And I just thought, man, it came out of my, my mouth, just right from my heart of really how I feel. Of course, I'm not pretending to be somebody I'm not, and I'm not you know, trying to do a poor job. So of course I'm trying to be the very best that I am, but sometimes be, that is not what it's about. It's about being visible, being present and being that helpful, helpful person at the time when people need it the most. Yeah, absolutely. And particularly in what we do, uh, the advice that I give you is not the thing that matters. It's the advice that you can use that is the thing that matters. Mm. So, you know, it's all very, it's like so often we see people that say, well, we want you to give us all of the content, all of the expertise that you have. And we want you to do it like a one day masterclass where you tell everybody everything. And we say there's no point because they won't do it. 
you know, because like you go to a one day uh, uh, seminar or lecture and somebody delivers a hundred points of interest and you remember one of them. You know, the, the thing that is successful, makes success is not what have I told you, but what have you done with mm. what I've told you? Oh, I love that. I love that. So <laughs> this is a great transition to this, this conundrum that you and I are always asked about is like, well, then how do I measure success in digital transformation and you know as a as a marketer a lot of times clients will say to me they get really involved in kpis and we want this number and we want this okr and you know i'm not trying to belittle that but on the other hand i usually tell them you know how we're going to know this is successful do you feel like you're printing money in the back room like that's a pretty good indication (laughs) that things are going well and so you and I feel like of course we can look at we we, you and I are incredibly proficient at LinkedIn and of course we can measure some things we're looking at how many views we have I mean I would certainly rather have you know 16,000 views on my post than I than somebody who's experiencing 200 I mean who wouldn't of course that's a great measurement of success but really what's your thought as soon as you have people saying the nonsense that you know is that this is not going to happen in one day. And then they start saying, well, how are we going to measure this? And then when you come into our office or when you do train us, let's say we do put our hands, you know, to the plow, say for, you know, 12 weeks and we really start learning hands-on and we do it, we implement it, we create these habits, then what should we be measuring that shows that we're really doing that quality work? Okay. Well, well, I I think that there are two, there are two, uh, two things that people need to consider uh, first of them is is luck uh, you know it's great you do some work you know you publish some great content you create a great profile you just luck out you happen to be in the right place at the right time you get a bit of business that's great we see that happen a lot it's not strategy luck but it's nice when it happens and I, I think that one of the things that, that that people need to recognize is that if you've got a 12 month buy cycle on your product or service doesn't matter what you do today you're not going to see the benefit or lack of benefit for 12 months so you're unlikely you may do you might get a bit of luck you might get following the wind you might find that you close something in half the time but it's not the general way things happen what happens is that you just put more things in at the beginning of the process so we need to understand what the different phases are of being successful and you know i i only speak from the perspective of social but there's the stuff that you do so, you know, you, you, you make a better profile, you connect to more people, you publish content. That's the inputs that you have. The outputs that you get from that are your network gets bigger. You get more engagement on the posts that you, you, you do. Uh, you, start to, uh, you start to see more opportunities to have conversations uh, uh, materialize for you. Uh, you need the next step is that you need to uh, you need to convert those opportunities to have conversations into conversations you know the idea of social selling is 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 a ludicrous title for what it is we do because you can't sell over social you know it's like you can't sell by giving someone a brochure not for a complex you can for a pair of training shoes but you can't for a a complex product because people don't buy that way so all you're doing is selling the idea of a conversation which is where the magic happens so the first step is you have input. The second step is you start to see some numbers go up. You need to measure views. You need to measure engagement. You need to measure network size. You need to measure the number of messaging exchanges that you have with people. You then start to have conversations. And that's where your sales, in quotes, skills start to take over. You know, if you have 
20 conversations more and you convert on average two of your sales conversations into then you've got two more bits of business that come out right. of it. Right. And then you will start to forecast that and then you will start to see the revenue for that. But but what we need to be sure of is that we are we are looking at the things that uh, are indicative of the right behaviors mm. that get success. So we, we've got a client that uh, she's at the early stages of the program. She's uh, updated her profile. It looks really fantastic. She's connected to some new people. She's published something. She's had 350 likes on this piece of content. Now, that's simultaneously good and bad. It, it validates that she's doing the right things. The bad news is it might be a very long time till she gets 350 likes on another piece of content because that's actually abnormal for most people to get that amount of, of engagement. But always what's what's important is that people have a process for dealing with that. You know, one of the big inhibitors that we see to success is where people have to think about what it is they're going to do. So actually, if someone engages with your content, you send them a message. It shouldn't be something that you need to think about. You send them a message. You send all of them the same message if need be, but you send everybody a message because oh, you've yeah. demonstrated from your actions that you like my content. Therefore, A, I need to reward you for that by saying, hi, Priscilla, thanks for liking thanks. <laughs> It's a really simple but, word, isn't it? Yeah. And, 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 and why is that important? In the same way that I send you a connection request and you accept it, and I say, thank you for accepting it. Why? Because most people don't do it. And this is really binary. You know, everyone that I'm in competition with is quite literally one click away from me. So I can either be better, the same or worse than those people. Which one is likely to yield the best results? Mm -hmm. Well, clearly it's being better. So every place that I can be better, have a funkier headline, have a better picture, have a better profile, have a better behavior, publish more content, thank people when they engage with it. Why? Because most people don't do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I, you know, we, we totally believe in putting our personal brand out there very clearly. And you and I change our headlines every once in a while. And you alluded to it earlier. Mine is currently, um, uh, slightly, slightly annoying truth teller powered by my husband's homemade bread, but you changed yours a while back to save Ferris and it made me laugh so hard. But again, it tells me something else about you. And I, it reminds me that I want to have a conversation. So I really want to underline what you just said. And I hope nobody missed that gem. And that is that what we do with our personal brand and digital transformation is not make the sale. We make the connection. We build the relationship. Absolutely. It's things later on that make the sale, but it's about getting a chance, or as we'd say here in America, as you say, um, getting an opportunity at that, right? Now you can say that at cricket, so it's fine. We're yeah. good. <laughs> Whether it's cricket or it's baseball, I'm just telling you, you need to be at that. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's exactly that point about uh being in the right place at the right time. You know, luck is not a strategy. Having a process which is repeatable and predictable is a strategy. But along the way, you generate more luck. You know, the harder I practice, the luckier I get. One of the best <laughs> business quotes ever, although obviously it was about golf. Um, but, but you know, the point is that the more people you engage with, the more people you, you connect to, the more people that you message and say, thanks for liking the, my post, the more chance there is that one of those people, because you've initiated that, will say, oh, it was a great post, Priscilla. Incidentally, looking at your profile, I see that you do this. Can we have a conversation about that, please? 
And what we need to do is all of us, we need to, to use our profiles and our personality, whatever shape that personality is, to hoover up people that find that attractive. So yeah. for some people, they like loud, you know, they like the fact I play the guitar and sing badly on a Saturday. Some people don't. Well, actually, that's fine. That's part of who I am. If you don't like it, you have to either ignore it or walk on by. And, and it's okay. And I think that the important thing is, so I, I had an old friend contact me the other day and they said, I've got this new brand. It's like a, a, a facial scrub uh, toner for, for women. Um, or, well, facial scrub toner. Uh, and, and I want to take it to market and I want to use social. Uh, what, what do you think I should do? So we had a conversation and I said, so who's going to buy this? And she said, women and, and, and men, actually. And I thought that that's that's absolutely the worst possible answer <laughs> that you can give, because, you know, if you think about LinkedIn, there are 780 million people. You don't want to appeal to all of them. No. Yeah, I do, because, you know, I don't want to minimise the number. Yeah. Do you want 780 million phone calls today <laughs> or emails? No, you don't, do you? Because you can't sort out what's good or bad. So the more the more you can be yourself, the more you can polarise opinion, the more you can turn people off as well as on, the more you end up refining it and using this as a mechanism to find those people who love you, who want to work with you. Right. Because if I want to work with Priscilla, I can only buy that in one place. Right. I do remember, I do remember someone saying to me, I'm not joking. You know, I'm not totally clear on what you do, but I know that we, we want to work together. How do we make that happen? <laughs> I just thought, wow. Because <laughs> you know, you know what the things that they're not going to say are things like, yeah, I, you know, this, this actually isn't working for me or yeah, it seems a bit expensive because actually those are not the things that it's not a price sensitive purchase. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a purchase where they sort of open their heart to you and they say, how can you help me make this better? Right. And one of the things that, that we are always looking for when we're trying to find a new client is somebody that actually has an appetite to change. What we don't need is people that nod their head and, and all of those platitudes about how this is crucial to them and it's really urgent and they have to make these, these changes and then not make them. You know, right. There's nothing more depressing than having that happen. No, and there are major, major, major long-term consequences for ignoring digital transformation and ignoring how you bring your personal brand. Because to your point, there are so many accountants out there. I don't need to find an account. I, I, I need to find the right accountant. And Absolutely. I need to be able to make the connection with people. So ignoring personal brand when you are thinking about digital transformation is basically just you know embracing a robotic um, attempt at thinking that the, a system, some kind of technology is just going to magically make your sales for you. That is not going to happen. <laughs> you still have to bring your whole self to no. the entire process. But uh, like the old adage, you know, if, if it seems too good to be true, it's usually because it is. The fact remains that, that all, there's a part of all of us that when we see something which says uh, a flash sale, 50% off, we can't help but click on the link and look at what it is because we all like a bargain. And the problem is that when people buy into this kind of, it's simple, our software, you turn it on and it gives you a constant stream of quality leads. No, it doesn't. It doesn't because if it were that easy, everybody would be doing it. Right. It, 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 life doesn't work that way. Right. If you want success, you have to go outside your comfort zone and you have to graft for that success. Mm-hmm. And whether that's on social, what we do, or whether that's 
creating that compelling message that goes out on that email to the database. You know, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, do you know what? I want another email today. So for, to break through that noise, it has to be better than everybody else's. And right. that's tough. It's right. tough to get that that compelling brand, that compelling message, that compelling targeting, that compelling personal brand. All of that stuff is really, really hard. And if you think it's going to be easy, if you think there's a shortcut, you are going to be disappointed. Right, right, for sure. Well, obviously, Adam and I could talk about this subject matter forever, but um, I'd love to end this just as a thank you to you, Adam, for taking your time and giving this overtly helpful, you know, information to my listeners. Tell us about your book, and I'll be sure to link it in our show notes, but, um, you know, when I say you wrote the book on it, you actually did, so. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, uh, it, it, it is a book called Brilliant Social Media, published by Pearson. But honestly, uh, listeners, you don't you don't want to buy that because it's a bit out of date now. Uh, so I wrote a book with Tim called Smarketing, uh, which is uh, a very good book about the merging of uh, sales and marketing and how they need to work together in the future. But actually, Tim's book, Social Selling, uh, Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers, he's currently just starting to produce an updated version of that. Mm. Uh, and I and, think just recently I saw it in Polish. I'm like, gosh, how much? Yeah. I mean, there's, he's like, you know, I don't know. He's at, I don't know, 50, 60 languages now that that's in. And it's just like, it's got to be exciting every day when he gets one back at the house and yeah, it's well, like in another well, in language. Fact, in fact, the other day, uh, we got a copy each of uh, Smarketing, which was in Thai. Anyway, it, it was <laughs> some language that I've just no idea about. <laughs> and, and, and it is very interesting when these things, these things happen. But but the best the best way to get in contact with any of us is obviously via social channels. So a hundred percent. Well, look him up. It's Adam Gray. Very easy. A D A M G R A Y. He's with D L A Ignite. You can tell we're besties. So if you need something from him, you need something from me. We're willing to um, take a few moments, grab a cuppa, and just talk with you and and give you our perspective um, on things. And we'd love to hear from you too. But do check out those books. I'll put them in the show notes. And if you have any other questions about digital transformation and specifically about LinkedIn and how your personal brand really drives your authenticity in this endeavor be sure to reach out to adam thanks so much adam i really had a good time pleasure thank you ever so much priscilla (laughs) this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com